this episode, if you're hearing it today, finally then got released because this is my 11th time recording this episode. Today we're going to be talking about what is a keto diet, a little bit about its history, the pros and cons, and we're going to be taking a look at the research. And then stay tuned because later in the episode, I'm going to tell you how you can have your bacon and your cake too. All the nutrition information out there today, everything's conflicting, completely confusing. How are we supposed to be healthy if even the experts can't agree? This is Outspoken Nutrition. I'm your host, Laura Timbrook, and we're going to break it all down. So the keto diet is essentially your high-fat, low-carb diet, and it uses your body's fuel source as fat, where in a typical scenario, your body would always use carbohydrates as your first fuel source. So within a keto diet, we're eliminating the carbs, so our body burns fat, which is called ketosis. This diet has been around since the 20s. It has some really solid research in the treatment for epilepsy, specifically children. And up until the 1970s, this was the form of treatment for epilepsy was using the keto diet. There is a lot of research on this diet with the treatment of epilepsy. However, the diet back then was a little bit different than the diet we see today. And the diet that was done for the treatment of epilepsy, fat content in that diet was significantly higher. You had a fat content of 90% of your your macro intake came from fat, where only 10% was protein and 1% was carbohydrates. Today, we're about 70% fat. So it's a little bit lower than the initial, we'll call it the clinical keto diet that was used in treating the epilepsy. And we're still seeing benefits from it. When we look at the pros and cons, so the pro list is very similar to what we see in a lot of diets when we're cleaning up our overall food intake. Increased energy, increased mental clarity, blood sugar control, energy, weight loss. Some of the cons that we find is it's very hard for that diet to be sustainable. And this is actually where in the 70s, when we had the treatments of epileptic drugs, doctors were switching from the keto diet to the epileptic drugs because it was so much easier for these patients to be able to take a medication rather than a very strict, very regimented diet. The other things we see too is digestive upset. A lot of times we're seeing constipation and that's because you're eating a diet that requires an immense amount of water. You're not getting a lot of fiber from fruits and vegetables. You're getting very minimal and that causes our system to back up a bit. So we need the water to properly hydrate to flush our system out. For a lot of people getting that amount of water while it's our optimal water intake, it's a little difficult for some people. Another thing I don't really hear a lot of people talking about is if you do not have a gallbladder, you had your gallbladder removed, you are deficient in processing fats because of the lack of the gallbladder. So if you're looking at a very high fat diet, that's where we also see a lot of digestional distress just because your ability to process fats is inhibited. This doesn't necessarily mean someone without a gallbladder cannot do keto. There are ways to do it and I'm actually going to post a link in the show notes so you can actually see if you're missing a gallbladder, some different tips you need to follow. The other thing we see with the keto diet, specifically in today's day and age, we have now mass-produced processed keto products, 
is it's really easy to take a somewhat clean diet and make it fairly dirty with processed foods that are quote unquote keto. It has the ability to become a diet that gets really unhealthy really fast in a really bad way. This is where I have some of my problems with the keto diet and overall struggle because it definitely does serve a purpose. Like I said, the treatment of epilepsy, there's a lot of studies out now that are being done on brain tumors and the treatment of keto and some really good results coming out about that. There's a promise here for that treatment of these diseases. The problem is it doesn't work for everybody. And a lot of times, you know, you see these studies that are done and these studies that are done that are coming out lately, they're smaller studies and they're done on very obese people. So yes, we're going to see the benefits on a large obese population because it's controlling the blood sugar. We already know a lot of times when we're dealing with obesity, there's also a blood sugar issue going on. If keto is allowing us to control the blood sugar, we're going to see the benefits from that. Also, a lot of these studies, they're short-term studies. The longest-term study I was able to find was 23 weeks. Well, you know, that's not really, in my opinion, a long-term study. I want to see something that's been done a year plus multiple years. I want to see what the results of that are. One of the other issues I have with it is we're really limiting fruits and vegetables. We already know that a diet high in fruits, vegetables, lean meats has the best overall health factor. There was a study that was recently published. I believe it was earlier this year or late last year. It was a European study with almost half a million people. For, and it was followed for 22 years. Found that people that ate a diet of fresh fruits, vegetables, lean meats, healthy fats had a, had a better health outcome, reduced cancer, everything else. And it was just, we have that data on that quote unquote balanced diet. So that's where a lot of my, mixed emotions come in because the keto diet definitely serves a purpose. It can definitely help a group of people. Um, I don't think for most people it's sustainable. Even if we look back at the Atkins diet, the Atkins diet, which was a keto diet that's been popular from the 70s to the late, uh, the early 2000s. When we look at that one, Atkins laid out three phases. And in his third phase, we were adding carbs back in. Carbs, fiber, fruits, and vegetables. And you are monitoring how your body handled that as you were adding it in. We definitely know that, yes, while following keto, for a short term can help balance our blood sugar, lower the weight, clean up our diet. Long term, we need to start adding those fruits and vegetables back in. And I think that's where a lot of times we get stuck. We get stuck in that keto way of eating and we never start to add those products back in. And that's where the breakdown happens. I've seen women on keto diets Actually, their body fat increase, and I think sometimes that has to do with stress. Overall, our body gets stressed, especially women. We are so much more susceptible to internal stress. And there's actually a study, and I'll try to find the link and post it in the comments here. There was actually a study that was done that actually showed women have a harder time dealing with stress than men do. We take on stress much more. It's very important that we monitor our stress level. And because women, we have that vanity. We have done the low calorie diets, the not eating, the disordered eating. 
we've totally screwed up our system. So as soon as we start restricting food, our body really starts to see that as stress and our cortisol increases and we hold on to that belly fat. I think a lot of times that's why we see women that might do initially really good on the keto diet and they start falling off with the results and the weight starts coming back on even though their eating hasn't changed. And I think a lot of that has to do with the overall hormone levels and stress in women. If you're looking to diet and lose weight fairly quickly, keto will generally drop weight fairly quickly for people that are significantly overweight. If you're looking to lose 10, 15 pounds, keto may or may not work. In certain circumstances, you might actually start gaining body fat, not necessarily because you're intaking fat. We already know that's false, but because your body is seeing it as stressful. So a lot of times the studies that are being done are keto versus low fat. Well, we already know low fat, low caloric diets aren't great for sustainable health. So comparing, you know, the one to the other, I don't think either one are good for sustainable health. And I think that's what we're really starting to see in some of these studies, specifically that European study that came out. You know, how can we eat bacon? Because let's let's be honest, the keto diet is attractive. You know, suddenly peas are out, bacon's in. Listen, most of us would much rather eat bacon and butter than peas and broccoli. <laughs> it's an attractive diet. So how can we take some of the benefits of keto and put it into a balanced approach? Well, I, I think number one is we need to clean up our diet. Let's remove the processed sugar. Let's remove all the pasta products and stuff like that. You know, we can have pasta, but very limited amounts. We have a tendency to overeat on carbohydrates. Let's limit the carbs. Let's add in more fresh fruits, vegetables, healthy meats meats. Let's add in the good fats, the avocados, the olive oils, the olives, the nuts. Let's reduce the carbs and just overall clean up our diet. And when I say we can have our bacon on our cake too, you can have your bacon on occasion, just like you can have your cake on occasion. But to eat bacon every day is just as unhealthy as eating cupcakes every day. We have to find that moderation. We have to find where we can enjoy one and we can enjoy the other and still live a balanced approach. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you have any comments, please leave them below. If you like this episode, share it with your friends and don't forget to eat your effing veggies.